0: Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com.
1: I'm Khalil a. Colonna, and this is Nashville. When you look at a photograph, a well-shot, professional photograph, Do you acknowledge it and move on? Or do you take in the nuance and emotion of the image to find the story in the picture? Look, social media is flooded with photos from millions of amateurs, and I'm one of them. But today, we're talking with a few of the pros. One of the fields where photographs make a deep impact is in the news. Photojournalism takes a scene or a moment and preserves it for the historical record. Veteran photojournalist John Partipillo was supposed to be with us on today's show, but he couldn't join us because he was doing his job. He was at the scene of a mass shooting. Seven people, including three students, are dead following a shooting at Covenant School in Green Hills this morning. Evelyn Diekhaus, William Kenny, Hallie Scruggs were not even 10 years old. The adults were in their 60s. Mike Hill, Katherine Kuntz, and Cynthia Peake. The shooter was killed at the scene. WPLN's criminal justice reporter Paige Flaker joins me for the latest on this tragedy. Paige, thanks again for being here. Welcome back to the show. I wish it were for better reasons.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: So how did all of this unfold, Paige?
2: Yeah. So the first calls came in this morning at 1013. Police say they acted swiftly entering the first story of the school and then beginning to clear that until they heard some gunshots fired from the second floor upstairs. MMPD says officers headed towards that gunfire and engaged the suspect. And Metro Fire and police were actually praised by Nashville's mayor, John Cooper, for that speedy response.
3: But I want to thank the fast response of our officers. Guns are quick. They don't give you much time. So even in a remarkably fast response, there was not enough time. And those guns stole precious lives from us today in Nashville.
2: The six victims were all transported to the hospital where they were pronounced dead and the shooter was also killed at the scene.
1: You know, all this really seems to have unfolded rather quickly and police had a fast response to this as well.
2: Yeah. You know, this is a moment that MMPD has been on guard for since the shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas. Police Chief John Drake has said time and time again that MMPD would not respond the way law enforcement in Texas did.
1: We will not wait. I was hoping this day would never, ever come here in this city. But we would never wait to make entry and to go in and to stop a threat, especially when it deals with our children.
2: Police say that within 14 minutes of the initial call, the perpetrator was dead.
1: Okay, so can you give us a little background on the school? Tell us about Covenant School in Green Hills.
2: Covenant School is a private Christian school. The kids that go there range from preschoolers to sixth graders. The school has been around since 2001, and it's in the Green Hills neighborhood of Nashville, which is a nicer neighborhood.
1: So what do we know about the person who's responsible for this shooting?
2: Police have identified the person as Audrey Hale, who was 28 years old. The police say he was transgender. He used he, him pronouns, but was assigned female at birth. He lived nearby with his parents. He was a former student at the school, which, like I said, was a pretty religious school. But beyond that information, we can't really deduce what the motive was yet. Police say they did find some writing and what they called a manifesto at Hill's home, which might offer more insight in the coming days.
1: Paige Flager is WPLN's criminal justice reporter. Stay tuned for more coverage of this story as it develops. And check out our website, WPLN.org. Paige, again, thank you for being here. And as always, thank you for your reporting.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn what life is like for working photographers in our city. Are you an amateur photographer with hopes of becoming a pro? Are you looking for advice? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil E. Colonna. And this is Nashville. Today we're talking about photography. And no, your pictures of your Sunday brunch or Saturday cocktails do not count, although they do look nice. We're talking about professional photography. Our city has an ever-changing skyline, a growing population, a roaring nightlife, and you get it, the picture. Or pictures. To help us learn more about capturing imagery of our town, I'd like to welcome three local photographers to the show. Ray Pietro, L. Danielle, and Emily Dorio. Welcome, all of you, to This Is Nashville. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. So, Ray, you're a photojournalist yes. as well. For you, tell us what goes into documenting a news story visually.
4: Well, you you have to observe what's happening. Um, like shortly, I'm gonna leave from here and, and I have to go to Green Hills, uh, the scene of that awful shooting this morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna literally document what I see. And, that, and that's, you know, that's basically it. I, you know, There's gonna be a press conference, the mayor, I'm sure there's gonna be there, the, the police chief um, a spokesman from the school and you document all that and you document what you see. You know, some of those photos,
1: particularly from horrific incidents like what has happened here at Green Hills, really convey a lot of emotion. So as you're there, you're viewing the scene, you're looking at things, you're looking for photos to see something that kind of complements with the, the written word that
4: will go with the article. That's right.
1: What are you keeping in mind as you're looking at people, particularly in, in a tough emotional state like folks are in right now?
4: Well, that's, you know, you're paying attention, you're, you're anticipating Um, you're, you're, you're following what's happening around you and, and, uh, and you document and, and at times you do capture those moments. They're truly unfortunate moments, but they have to be documented. And, uh, I don't really, I don't know. I understand. I'm kind of all ramped up right now. Yeah. Yeah. About it. I,
1: I understand. Have you ever covered a tragic event like
4: this? Uh, not a not a school shooting. No, uh, the bombing in Nashville, um, a a nine eleven mm. in New York, um, the protests in two thousand twenty arrests, uh, stop the steal. All those political, uh, social uh, events here in Nashville, and those get very emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I documented a five year old. Uh, cleaning a swastika off of the side of his house, and and that was really painful.
1: Hmm.
4: Now, Emily, I understand you studied to be a
1: photojournalist, but you decided it wasn't for you. Tell me, what changed your mind?
5: I mean, well, I, th- that is true. So I w- went to the University of Georgia and studied at Grady um, in the photojournalism program, and I got there, and I very, very quickly just realized that I think I wanted some more say and control in the work that I was making. Um, I think photojournalism, you know, you are capturing what is there, and I think having to remove yourself from it sometimes, you know, to be as objective as possible. I think partly for me, my work feels really personal, you know, even though my work is most of the time for someone else, but having to kind of remove yourself in some way to be objective I think I just and I wanted more. I wanted to shoot. At the time, I would say I want to shoot beautiful things and follow the light and and create the the ideas that I saw in my head. And you know, with journalism, we're not supposed to manipulate what is there. Mm. And so I I dropped out mm-hmm. and left.
1: And you left, and you have come all the way up to this present moment. I mean, last month. You had a weekend show, a weekend-only show at the Parthenon with model Kate Elson. No, it's
5: Karen Elson.
1: Karen Elson, I, pardon me. No, that's me. Sorry. okay. And uh, it was titled See You Me. Now, yes. those were portraits of Elson.
5: Yeah, so Karen Elson is, you know, a gem of Nashville. I mean, she's one of the most photographed models in the world. I think she has 48 Vogue covers. Um, wow. Her work is prolific and beautiful, and we have become friends um, in our time here in Nashville. And... In that time, in three years, we had started to work together. And, you know, our first commission was for Joe Malone London, so it was someone else commercially who wanted images of Karen for something, and I was just the conduit to get that. But we just kind of struck up this relationship, and it was really easy to make the work, and so we kind of just started making some work just for us um, without an art director or input from, you know, someone else. And mm. we made this body of work, and you know the Parthenon was so generous to host us, and it was incredible. We had 24 large format film prints and some um, moving um, images of short short films, and it was incredible.
1: What was what what was the process of making that like? Here we are, two people, photographer and mm-hmm. and and model, who's the basis of a lot of your work is doing it for someone else. Someone yeah. commissions you all yeah. for these things, but you two had a chance to work purely out of your own artistic visions and desires. Yeah. What was that like?
5: Well, it was really incredible. I think we were both really open to what would happen. I mean, the work started, Karen also is a musician. and We shot some things to support her third studio album, Green. And in that session, when we were shooting, you know, album artwork. Some of these images, we were both blown away of what we were able to do when we took, my technical skill with the support of my team and these ideas that maybe she had that she, you know she's worked with everyone from Avedon to Juergen Teller I mean the greats Tim Walker and I think you know she has this aesthetic and I have an aesthetic and we just came together and so it was really incredible but when we were offered the show we needed to create a bigger body of work and we just kind of were open to the story that these images would tell and that's kind of the beauty of photography is that it kind of becomes the other the other voice um to you know just kind of capture the things that were happening and what we found were these really like powerful feminine stories of you know karen kind of stepping into these roles of you know the feminine like just divine feminine energy and she became warrior and 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 grace and goddess and and yeah, it was it was a story I couldn't have told in my early twenties. It was something now, that as a mother and a wife, and someone who was, I guess, a little seasoned in this business. And with that technical skill, we were able to tell that story.
1: You say you spend a lot of time in this business. You go, you go from you know filming models who've been on Vogue 48 times. You do cookbooks too. Yes. So
5: that, that's quite a jump. I know. Well, I one of my girlfriends who's a creative um, creative director. She calls me a jackknife. So hmm. um, I can. I kind of like to do it all. Um, the diversity is the, the challenge of the different types of work keeps me busy, um, which I love so very much. But my work is, you know, almost all of it is for someone else. Um, commercial, lifestyle, food and beverage, hospitality, and then editorial. So,
1: mm-hmm. Now, Elle, your career path is really interesting to me. You went from working as an attorney to a professional photographer. What made... What made you decide to make that switch?
0: You know, I always tell people that being a lawyer is one of those careers that you can't fully understand until you're in it. Mm. You know, people will joke and say it's nothing like SVU. It's nothing like the TV shows. And that very much was the case for me. I always wanted to be an attorney. I went to law school, went right into firm life. Um, But it wasn't fulfilling in the ways that I thought it would be. It's very hard to set out to save the world when you're working for big companies, usually, is how it ends up happening. And that's what happened with me. And so I left the firm that I was working for, started doing family law and domestic relations, ended up doing a lot of domestic violence work. And so I was, in a lot of ways, saving people, saving lives, saving people from very dangerous situations. But I was still a part of someone's worst chapter. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: And so my interactions with humans during that stage of my life was just very heavy. And so I started kind of playing with photography. I didn't go to school for it. I'm self-trained, kind of just picked up a camera, started taking pictures of my son. It grew from there. But the interactions that I was having with humans then with people was so very different. I could take a picture of a person and it was just, oh my gosh, you're the best. Come over for Christmas dinner. We love you so much. And so the difference in that everyday interaction with people and how I was able to capture joy and be a part of that joy and then find ways to impact people positively there as well, to capture special moments, to make people feel beautiful, to document families that hadn't been together for generations. Like I was still impacting people just in a very different way.
1: It's it's, it's funny because it seems to me that you all use your eyes for a living and there's always a shot to be taken. Ray is here as we're talking, and he's taking photos of our conversation. I document everything. Absolutely everything, huh? Is is that the same for both of you, Elle and Emily?
5: Okay. Well, I was going to say, for me, I'm usually really busy with work, and so I don't carry my camera the way that Ray does. Um, But what I am always looking for is the light and looking for a moment, and so we'll I'll be with friends or my children or my husband, and I'll have to stop because it's it's too beautiful not to to capture the thing that you see. Um, I don't know that I'm always like chasing it, I'm, but when it when I see it, when I see the beauty, I have to find it. Oh, and it's a little bit of the same for me. But there are moments
0: when I have to literally take my photography hat off and mm. just be present in the moment because if I'm so caught up in wanting to document a moment. It's like I remove myself from it. So that way I'm seeing the light. I'm seeing the angles. I'm seeing the backdrop. I'm seeing different things. And I'm not just seeing the moment as it's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you, you're witnessing a friend about to propose to someone else and you say, stop everything, move two inches to the right. So you're in the right light type <laughs> of thing. Well, I would move two inches to the right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have to move your body. yeah but you like go. with family moments, like it's there's a certain level that I have to remove myself to get, you know, a quote unquote good shot. Whereas sometimes I just kind of want to be in the moment and just be experiencing the family moment and be a part of those memories as opposed to documenting them.
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville and I'm your host, Khalil Le Colona We're talking this hour with professional photographers, Ray DiPietro, L. Danielle and Emily Dorio about what working as a professional photog is like in our town. Please tweet us your comments at this is Nashville. Now, Ray, you take pictures of people in the city as they're going about their days. You shot the cover of this week's Nashville scene. It's this style issue. What are you looking for when you approach people to take their photos?
4: Oh, well, you know, it's, I wake up every day with, with the mission of, I just, I document what I find compelling, uh, people, events. and those people I found compelling, um, their style, their personalities, and uh, the Nashville scene for the second year had me do that street style piece and and it's it's always fun because everybody has a distinct point of view and everybody has a story, and granted that was more about their style and uh, it's fun and it, you know it's 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 fun interacting with different people, and it's not going to East Nashville and a bunch of young hipster kids who I love, Mm -hmm. but it's everybody.
1: Mm -hmm. How do folks react when you walk up to them and ask if you can take pictures of them?
4: Mostly they're enthusiastic or, you know, and I'll show them some of my work and sometimes they're not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they're, they they uh, they they they're not interested. I wonder what you're looking for. I mean, particularly like for this style issue.
1: Were you going around seeing if anybody had bell bottoms and platform shoes? Was there any particular like
4: wardrobe item you were? Well, well, the thing is, it's not New York where you can spot trends within blocks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, I usually have four or five weeks to do that uh, due to this piece. So I just was going for individual style, and the rule is just, it all has to be Nashvillians minus one. So there is one individual who is from New York, but visiting to see the ballet, so they weren't technically a tourist there, and they had an impeccable style. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I I was just looking for this one, individual style, not trends, so to speak. There's a principal in there who's 60 years old, a school principal. I thought he looked incredible. Okay. You know, and... uh, Hey, maybe next year I'll get lucky enough
1: you never to, know. To, to be in what now you know technology has really broadened and with what can be done with photography We're a long way from developing film in the dark room, but i'm I'm curious um which which one how many of you all have like deep, deep dark room experience?
5: I mean, my first photo class was an art like fine art photography, black and white. How'd it go? It was great. I loved it. I mean, I wasn't very good. Um, but I wanted, I was a junior in college and I took my first darkroom class and I immediately told my mom, I don't think I want to be pre-law anymore. I think I want to go to art school. And she said, that sounds fun for you. And I can't wait to see how you, you know, figure out how to pay for that. But, um, good, (laughs) good luck. Um, no, she believed in me the whole time, but, um, it was incredible. And then I built a darkroom when I was in Athens, Georgia, and I still shoot film for myself, you know, the... Usually, the medium for most of my work is is digital. So it's I keep lots of film cameras around the house, keep one in my purse. Um, that kind of makes me use my technical brain more to have to shoot without, you know,
1: do you think it's almost like a requirement for people these days to be able to shoot film and work in a dark room as no. opposed to rely on digital?
5: <clears throat> no way. No. I mean, I think people, when there are billboards that are shot on iPhones, I mean, I think what requires to be good in this industry is a point of view and an eye, um, maybe some technical understanding. But yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it helps. I think it, you know, can round out your skill set to know how to do those things. But
1: mm-hmm. you know, comment on that for us, L, because you know, a lot of folks they think you know, with the technological advances and the mass usage of smartphones that. You know, pro photographers aren't really in high demand, but is that the case? Like, what are the opportunities like here in the city for professional photographers?
0: Mm, That is a really good question. I think that, you know, there's a saying that the most important camera is the one that you have in your hand. And so phones have come so far and document things so well, but there's still something really special about someone who... Has the talent, has the skill, has the experience, knows how to handle different lighting situations, knows how to handle, you know, different scenarios to beautifully document a moment.
1: Where, let me ask this, Um, when when you're working with a subject, right, someone hires you for a portrait, maybe a graduation photo, what are you doing to that environment to get the most out of the person you're taking photos of?
0: What am I doing to the environment? Um, I'm, I'm trying to, obviously, with portrait work, I'm trying to document my subject as well as possible. And so even before we show up, we're figuring out where to shoot it based on the vision, based on the time of day here in Nashville, based on sometimes when the tourists will be there or what events are happening at certain locations. You have to always kind of be aware of. You know, I've scheduled things to happen on the pedestrian bridge, and then there's a race that happens across it. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. had I known? Um, so it's, for me, it's about picking the the right location for, for the vibe and the feel that the assignment calls for.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, we're three years, well, we're kind of still in the pandemic, but we're a few years away from being having this socially distance. I imagine that it had a big impact on the work that you all do because you you take pictures of people. You're in the same setting of them. Emily, how did the pandemic affect your work?
5: I mean, I think in a strange way, the pandemic was a level up for me. I mean, I had reached a place in my career um, where I was very busy and doing solid work, but I mean, that's how I started working with Karen was, You know, she was traveling to New York and L.A. and London to do all of these jobs, and that was no longer a choice. And so there was someone in her circle that, you know, she knew that they weren't, you know, my group was small, and I was, you know, taking all these precautions. And so I was asked to do it. And then it was a Ralph Lauren campaign and a Joe Malone campaign and just started shooting for bigger and bigger things. And so, you know, with every job, it requires a skill set of preparing and, and just getting ready for. And so you just get, you get better, better. So, and you know, I, no one really worked in our industry until, you know, we all stopped March 13th. It felt like, and then, but from August of 2020 until just recently, it has been all go, no slow. And, Mm. you know, work has never been busier. Um,
1: Well, you mean you work with people and clients from all over the country. What's unique about working here in Nashville?
5: Well, Nashville's my home. It's where, um, you know, I have my my friend family, and I'm from the South. And um, so I guess for me, I'm able to do the work that I want to do with this. You know, Nashville's a big city with a small-town feel, and I'm from a small town, so I, I appreciate that, and I'm able to have a community here. Um, but, you know, there are jobs that are coming here. I mean, I think people still are hiring photographers out of state and flying them here to do work that could be done here. Um, but, you know, I shot a book this fall for a chef in Pennsylvania and she let us do production here, which was incredible. And, um, we have a, I have a studio here that I share with, um, my business partner who's a set designer. And so we're definitely, you know, actively trying to keep that work here, bring that work here. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, when you were talking about, you know, technology, I think there is something to be said. Part of our job isn't just the skill set of using a camera. It also, and it's not just the way that we see things and so our very individual perspectives. um, But in my line of work, being able to communicate with clients and again, being a conduit to an end goal that is a that is a separate skill set, and so everyone sitting here is running a business that is more than just you know capturing beautiful images or portraits, strong portraits um so you know i i feel like you were putting the question about you know is there enough work for us or will it dis- disappear and I'm hopeful that it that it, that it will always be here we will always need people that can manage you know, locations and finding the good light, the strong light and um, deliverables and deadlines. I mean, that's a big part of our work. I mean, I know Ray's sitting here chomping at the bit because he's got images that he has to go capture, really important ones. I mean, the work that, I mean, photojournalists do or, I mean, sometimes I think I'm. I think my work isn't, you know, as important. I mean, when you see what's going on in the news right now, I, I'm. Mm-hmm. it feels silly what I take photographs of. Yeah. Um,
1: I understand. But
5: but Ray's job, I mean, he has to communicate with editors and turn work in. And it's more than just, you know, being really strong behind the lens.
1: You know, listening to all of you talk, it feels to me like, and get, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like your camera is more of an instrument rather than a tool for you all to convey not only your vision, but capture that of which is happening
4: in real time for, you know, The foreseeable future, uh, right? Absolutely. I mean, you have to master your instrument. That said, it doesn't matter if you're doing portrait photography or photojournalism, or whatnot. To me, it's part of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, and I do treat it is to me an instrument. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what instrument it is. I know people get really hung up on gear and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the most powerful images I've ever taken were on a point and shoot thirty-five millimeter camera on on nine eleven. Hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, but mastering your instrument and I have to leave soon. <laughs> you do, you do have to leave soon. I just I have one, one, one last question, you
1: know, talking about instruments, talking about technology. We've got artificial intelligence. It's growing. The usage of that is growing and it's bringing up questions about copyright usage and ownership. You're your photographer and former attorney. What issues do you see developing in that space?
0: With AI specifically, Um, I don't think we've even tapped into the things that are going to come about from, you know, the technology the AI uses is pulling from everywhere. And so when people are creating images, they're tapping into someone's style, someone's previous work, someone's editing, someone's look. And so it becomes a question of whether they're the artist or they're the creator that's really creating that image or they're Mm -hmm. just sourcing, kind of crowdsourcing information that's, you know, out on the internet. Mm -hmm. So from my understanding, images that are created on AI at this point can't be copyrighted. Um, So people who are, you know, making them, developing them, selling them, they're really not their work to sell.
1: Mm. I want to thank all of you for being here. I want to thank my guests, professional photographers, El Danielle, Emily Dorio, and Ray Di Pietro for being on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for capturing our lives with your visions. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having us.
1: We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll ask the question of what it means to be a professional photographer in our city. Hint, it's more than merely taking pictures. Are you a pro photog? What does working in our city mean to you? Tweet us at ThisIsNashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. We are talking this hour about what it's like to be a photographer here in Music City. Before the break, we talked with three professionals about their work and their paths to the profession. Now we're going to talk more about what it means to document Nashville and create a visual record for this place we call home. All right. So before the break, we were talking with three professional photographers, and here to talk more about what it means to do this work, I'm joined by Sky Turner and Emily April Allen. Thank you both for being with us. Thanks for
6: having us. Appreciate you really, for having
1: me. really appreciate you being on, considering this, this uh, tragic news that we're here. Now, you know, you, you both do different types of photography, but I want to learn about how you kind of found your love for taking pictures. Emily, how'd you come to the craft?
6: Um, yes. Well, first, I I want to hold space for everything that's going on in the news right now. I did find my love of photography while working at a school Mm. um, where I work part time. So this is something we think about every day. So just want to say that that's heavy on my heart right now. Um, But yes, I I started working at a school when I first came to Nashville um, in administration and uh, started just taking pictures of the kids for social media and the website and realized that I was really drawn to that. I was in my mid twenties at the time, um, and started taking pictures of of families and 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 folks that I knew, and uh, started to divert my focus towards documenting my queer friends and and uh, the community around me. Um, shortly after finding photography, uh, I come from a I, I call it a queer family. I'm one of three queer kids. Um, I'm the middle child. I identify as queer and bi. My older brother is gay, and my younger brother is trans. And so we had our own queer community always around us growing up. And um, so I'm very drawn to queer community, and um, was really inspired by photographing my friends. And just first started out for fun, just sense of personal expression, um, milestones they were having. I ended up kind of documenting my brothers. Transition um, just just naturally, and um, it transitioned to uh, documenting events, and then um, and another portrait work, and then when quarantine happened, I started my first quarantine or my first documentary project called Nashville Queers in Quarantine, where I did porch portraits Mm -hmm. of members of the community, and that kind of really. uh, exploded my love of, of of documenting things as they are.
1: I definitely want to ask you a little bit about your project later. But, Sky, I understand that the photogene, it runs deep in your family, pretty strong. Your grandfather yeah. was a photographer. Tell us about that. What did you learn from him, watching him over those years as you grew up?
3: So my granddad was in Flint, Michigan um, at the time. Um, so I was here in Nashville. So I didn't really, like, I guess, watch him. Do a lot of stuff um, but when he came to move down to nashville i kind of just talked to him a lot uh, that's like my best friend so talked to him about literally everything when it comes to like life problems or school problems or even like photography in general um and he just like i guess molded me to be the photographer i am mm-hmm. um, and kind of just showed me like what to watch out for um, what were some of the things he would say headroom you know, don't leave too much hair room. When I first started, he would literally tell me like, "This isn't a good photo." <laughs> like he's just like straight to the point, point. Um, and I feel like it helped me because it helped me understand criticism and not be like, um, "Ah, this hurts," or I guess emotional to certain judgment or instantly call somebody a hater
1: because yeah. they gave you
3: criticism. Yeah, so it kind of helped in those ways. Um, But, yeah, he just kind of showed me, like, the exposure techniques and um, the rules that aren't really rules in photography. Because there's Mm. really no rules, I feel like. There's just, like, you do what you feel that's right. Mm. Um, But at the same time, like, there's certain things to look out for when it comes to, like, facial features or even having, like, somebody's head held too high to like, it creates like a strong neck and it makes the photo look weird. Mm. It's like little stuff like that. Um, What did, what kind of photography did your grandfather do? So he was a photographer at a hospital. Um, Mm. So whenever someone had like brain surgery or shotgun wounds or um, for instance, like what's going on right now, they take those people to the hospital. He has to like document all that stuff. So it's very, um, I feel like that was very like harsh on the mental yeah um, just to see stuff like that on a day-to-day basis
1: so tell me what point what what happened in your life where you realized having this camera in my hand is something that I can do for a living
3: i went through a lot of mental um confusion i guess or depression um during covid covid was like a very rough time for a lot of people um but i also feel like for me like it was cool to not work and you know get unemployment and all this other stuff but like i was just in the house 24 7. Mm-hmm. um so it was very hard to like just look at the tv all day um so i had to figure out ways to like get out of that and my granddad was like the road that you're going into um is not a good one um I, without photography i probably wouldn't be alive honestly uh, i was just Doing a lot of stuff outside in the world that I should've took more attention to um, and like slowed down, whether it was like car accidents or driving 100 miles per hour on the interstate. like Just stuff that you're not supposed to really be doing. So, um, so it sounds like, you know, having a camera
1: in your hands is more than just a profession for you. Yes. Yeah, it's,
3: it's a life. It's my life for sure. Um, yeah. It's my life. It's my love. It's my everything. Um, Without it, I would be nothing. Thank you yeah.
1: for sharing that with us. You know, Emily, help us out here. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, photographers, they're photographers because they could take some nice pictures with your phone or something. But it, it, what really separates photographers from a person with a phone camera? Is it more about, like, what Sky was talking about? This something, this need? It's, it's a. Part of your own expression.
6: Mm, photography, um, s- similar to Sky, I, photography is just such a part of my identity now. I, I feel like I eat, sleep, and breathe it. I, when you talk to other photographers, everybody's just so hungry to keep going out there and 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 taking pictures and and documenting and finding more things that that they're drawn to. And for me, I. Um, it's funny because I grew up in a family of artists and I didn't even consider myself an artist. And it still feels weird to call myself an artist when it comes to photography, because for me, it's so much about the experience, the whole experience of the photo shoot with um, relating to the other person that I'm photographing. Um, I find it funny because when somebody hands me a a phone and it says like, Oh, you're a photographer. You can, you can take this phone, this photo of our group.
5: Hmm. To me, it
6: just kind of turns on when I have the, the camera in my hand, my, my, um, my DSLR camera that I use. I I feel like when I look through a viewfinder, when I look through the lens, something kind of switches on in me and allows me to connect with that person in that way. Um, I feel very close to the people that I'm photographing, even if I've just met them. Um, And I think that's a a special skill that photographers have. They can kind of um, put somebody at ease pretty quickly or relate to them in some way and, and then just kind of share a story together. You take parts of their story, you take parts of your story, and you just create something new together in the moment.
1: Do you feel like you're connecting the viewer to the subject of your photo when you're taking pictures?
6: Absolutely. I I think that there's definitely kind of three layers of, um, of the photo itself. Um, there's the, the person in the photo that's getting their photo taken and the experience they're having. There's my experience in, in being there, seeing what I see and taking the photo. And then there's when it finally is, is shown to another audience and some pictures are never shown. Some pictures are just for the person in the photo, but Mm -hmm. when it's shown, um, there's there's this aspect of connection that I really hope comes across between the person viewing the photo and the person in the photo connecting to that experience that we shared.
1: Now, Sky, we were talking about having the great cell phone camera mm-hmm. debate. How do you feel about smartphone cameras versus a real camera?
3: Me, personally, I'm not the best at taking phone pictures, um, and there's people out there that's amazing. I literally like the guy that lives uh, in my Apartment complex. He does a lot of iPhone photography, and literally, it's like, yo, how are you doing that? Like, it literally looks like a digital camera. Um, I don't think there's no wrongs with it. I think, I think someone on the other segment was saying, like, no matter what form you have in your hands, as long as you're able to take a photo, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing because documenting in general is beautiful. Um, a lot of people can't even have access to those things, so mm-hmm. just having that access in the society we live in now. Um, I think it's very, very beneficial, especially for people that aren't photographers. Um, just because that's like a memory, that's something that they can look back on. Um, you shoot film now, right? I, yeah, uh, 90% of everything I shoot is on film.
1: All that time in the dark room, did your granddad show you the
3: ropes there? Um, I actually went to his office once. I was like four years old. Um, but I never, I've never really like been in a dark room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get all my stuff scanned and, Process at another spot in Mount Juliet. Um, I want to learn how to develop. I have all the equipment and stuff. I just haven't had the time. just got to build the room and make it happen.
1: Now, you know, in many ways, I mean, you all work as keepers of the visual record for our times. What's the importance of that social documentation? What does that mean to you, Sky?
3: It's history. Um, I once watched a Netflix, like, special called Strong Black Leads. Um, and they were saying how a lot of times we don't realize as photographers that we are, without us, like, we wouldn't really know what's going on out in the world um, visually. Of course, you have, like, your writers and your um, radio hosts and, you know, your newscasters, but how does someone see and feel that visually? Um, You can, like, talk about it all day long, but if you don't see it, like, it doesn't impact you. Mm -hmm. as much as it would be if you were talking so Mm -hmm. um i think being a photographer is very important especially to the city um just because emily wouldn't know what's going on out there if she wasn't a photographer as much as she would as like a a local you know Mm -hmm. um I get it. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville,
1: and I'm your host, Khalil Lake We're talking this hour about what it means to be a professional photographer with Emily April Allen and Sky Turner. You can tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. You know, a- a- Emily, we were just talking about the importance of photographers and documenting the times that we live in. It's fair to say that we live in a very, very politically charged moment, uh, nationally and here in the state and city. How does that? Increase the importance of the work that you and Sky and other photographers do.
6: Um, it's it's uh, a, something that I think about a lot with my work. Um, queer people are politicized every day, and trans people are politicized every day. And right now, we are in an incredibly um, scary time for trans folks in Tennessee. And and the experience of queer and trans folks is just merely politicized just by being who you are. And with the photos and portraits that I take, I'm I'm just trying to show that we're all human beings and everybody has their own unique experience. And this person that i'm photographing their experience is is very um influenced by their identity that's a, that's a huge part of who you are but you're also a this whole person with so much um so much just of who you are and so i just love to show in images the um the empowering sense of just being a human in this time and um And I think queer visibility and trans visibility is just so important in just showing empowering, beautiful images in a time when there is just a lot of um, uh, a lot of trauma and and politics that Mm. that can go along with the subject.
1: Well, what do the, the queer and trans people you take pictures of? What do they tell you about this experience and what it means to them, particularly considering the times we're living in?
6: Oh, it is. It's, it's such an honor to, to share space with the people that I photograph in this way. And, and the greatest thing that I can hear, the greatest feedback I can hear is that um, they feel seen when looking at the photo of themselves. They feel like they are seeing um, who, they, who they feel they are inside. And that is exactly what I, I aim to do. And, and that's, that's the best feedback that I can
1: hear. Do you think a photo You capturing that moment of this person that you take this picture of and they feel like, hey, I am what you are seeing in this picture is me authentically and all of my humanity. Do you think that can change the perspective of a viewer who may be on not the same page before they saw that picture?
6: I I sure hope so. And and that's what I try to do. And I recently had um, a gallery show at um, Femme Art Gallery, um, which is curated by Brooke Hofford. It's amazing. It's amazing. Project showcasing queer artists, and um, I had a, a gallery opening where the whole, a lot of folks from the queer community and allies came and gathered, and we got to experience that together um, with tangible framed photos, which I don't do very often, um, and and just seeing that experience really kind of um, showed what. It let me see the visual experience in process. Um, It was very powerful. Now it was mostly queer folks in in that space, but I I sure hope that somebody that um, may not have a lot of queer and trans people in their life can look at these photos and and just feel that beauty and that power and that humanity. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, Sky, you have an exhibit opening tomorrow called On the Block, where you showcase black Nashville in your photos. What was the inspiration behind this
3: project? I just moved to Nashville, um, like, in the city-city. I was originally, I guess, raised in Antioch area, but when I turned 16, 17, I went to Murfreesboro. You don't really see a lot of—you see a lot of poverty out there, but it's not a lot of us, if that makes sense. Um, So moving out here, like, I live maybe, like, walking distance from the projects. Mm -hmm. And waking up, seeing that every day, it's like— me personally, I feel like the black community doesn't get documented as much, um, especially with not just um, day-to-day life, but even when it comes to you know shootings or um, just like I guess blackness in general. Um, so, what, what are some of the
1: stories of black Nashvillians that you're trying to convey to people with these with this project?
3: The creative community. Um, I'm not, I didn't really grow up in the projects, mm-hmm. so I can't really speak on the projects. Um, but I do have like a feature photographer to talk about that. Um, but I feel like Nashville needs to know what's out there um, and not just think honky tonk or like Broadway, you know? Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a big creative scene and there's a big black community scene. Um, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really get documented as much as it should. Um, There's a lot of cool things happening and tight things happening in the city. So Mm -hmm. definitely just want to shine a light to it and just allow another perspective in because I feel like it's just a shut door that needs to be open. It's
1: similar to what Emily was saying, giving people an opportunity to be exposed to something that they maybe wouldn't be normally. Especially letting a voice like be heard too. Is there a photo or a person from this project that really stands out
3: to you? I will say people and not just one person. Um, during February, January, I collectively got 40 people together um, and we shot at MLK. And there's this photo uh, shot by a photographer in New York. And it's literally just like 40 to 50 like artists in the city, hip hop artists, models. Um, and that photo like spoke to me cause I was like, we need something like that for Nashville um people that are doing something in the city or people that are like connected with someone doing something in the city so there's mm-hmm. literally just that photo black and white 40 people um older younger just mm-hmm. like making a voice um, that i think inspired me but also inspires others because um, without them like i wouldn't have really nothing to f- photograph
1: yeah i wonder what a uh, photo of all of nashville's professional photographers together would look like yeah, hey that'd be fire. the idea's out there somebody yeah. take it okay so we only have a couple minutes left but what do you have to say to the next generation of photographers like what wisdom do you have to pass on to a younger generation of budding photographers somebody who may be playing with the
3: camera thinking that this is something that they want to do sky I'll say take risk uh, i wish that was something that was told to me when i was like starting out don't be afraid to just like do it uh, there's no limits really like you can do anything in the world as long as you believe in yourself um, so yeah just take a risk and love what you do like if you love the if you love the art the art will always love you mm-hmm. and it's it's goes both ways too like the art would always love you and never forsake you so mm-hmm. um, you can like leave the art and I mean it'll still be there mm-hmm. just gotta go back <laughs> Emily 30
1: seconds mm.
6: it's never too late And also, um, there are a lot of photographers out there, but there's always a place for you. You are the only person who can see what you see, um, and that's important.
1: I want to thank my guests very much, photographers Emily April Allen and Sky Turner. Thank you all. Appreciate you coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. Thank
6: you,
1: Khalil. We want to thank everybody who tuned in this hour. Tomorrow, we have warmer weather. That means our flying friends are going to be out there. We're going to talk about our little cool pollinators that buzz around the region and we're going to see how important they really are to our lives this is nashville is a production of wpln news and nashville public radio our producers are steve Harouche, rose gilbert and magnolia mckay our digital lead is anna gallegos cannon michelle elias is our technical director our executive producer is andrea tudhope the masterminds behind our theme music are larange and namir blade special thanks to mr john Partapillo. the conversation doesn't end here you can tweet us at this is nashville find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ecolona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be really good to each other.